Then at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands over your people. So what people is Michael the angel over? The Jews. Or maybe God's people in general, but the Jews. Michael will arise. There will be a time of distress that has not happened from the first time that there was a nation until that time. When was the first nation? Well, let's go back and see, and I want to pick your memory. Who's the first guy ever to attempt to build a city? It was Cain. Adam's son, Cain. Uh, We find out that he was beginning to build a city he named after his son, Enoch, or Enoch. Um, We're never told if he finished the city because God cursed him to be a vagabond and a wanderer, but he was trying to build a city. I don't know how big that city was. Was it 12 houses and a palisade of sticks? You know, was it just to keep out the lions? I I don't know how big that city was, but he's trying to build it. And in those days, even before the flood, we do begin to hear in Genesis of nations rising up here, rising up there. But if the entire world population is, say, a million people, then what nation is going to be more than, say, you know, a few thousand, hundred thousand? So they're, 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 they're much smaller nations. Well, in the, in the early days of the United States of America, early settlers and explorers encountered nations of Native Americans, right? But how big were those nations? You know, the, I mean, the, sure, the Sioux and the Cherokee were huge nations. What about the Pawnee? You have one family group of, say, 200 and one family group, group of 800, and you have three other family groups over there that total, between them, 1,800. That's just like 2,500, right, for the whole nation. But they call themselves a nation because they're almost equivalent to family or language, right? So were some of those nations back then, you know, smaller? Um, so the nations here are really the beginning of the world. And Jesus quotes this verse and he translates it differently. Jesus says, this is in Matthew 24, from the beginning of the world until now rather than from the first time there was a nation until that time. But Jesus is, in Matthew 24, Jesus is talking about the end times and he quotes this passage by saying beginning of the world. So that's what this means. So the book, at that time your people will be delivered and everyone who is found written in the book. What's the book? The book of life. Yeah, it's the book of those who have been chosen from eternity. Now, In my ministry, which now is about 22 years, I have had three different ways of describing the doctrine of election. I've been thinking about this. I like this method that Daniel, that's used in Daniel better than what I've been saying. So imagine this. You know how when you go to Walmart, and if you're like me, you go to the stationery section with the good pens and the best notebooks? Or don't you go there? Okay, maybe you don't go there. Um, to get there, you have to pass the fabric section where they have the really cool, bright fabrics. And I always imagine someday I'm going to buy me red and I'm going to make myself a Star Trek red shirt or, or, or something like that. Anyway, back there by the good pens and the, and the art supplies are blank books. So it's a bound book with good paper. You open it up and there's nothing inside. 
It's not really a diary. It's a blank. It's really a sketchbook kind of a thing. Now imagine in eternity, the Lord goes into his Walmart, okay, and, uh, and gets a blank book and on the front of page one writes down your name. And what does he write in the book? He writes down all of human history in such a way that at the back of the book, where your lifetime shows up, you become a believer, and at the end of your life, you are carried up into heaven. Simply because God wrote your name in the beginning of that book, that's the doctrine of election, which tells me only one thing. The doctrine of election only tells me one thing. God shows me in eternity and caused history to happen in such a way that I would come to faith and come to heaven. That's all the doctrine of election tells me. Does that make sense? That's what that is. That's the doctrine of election. That's your book. Okay, is your name written in it? Yes. Did you come to faith? Yes, you did. Did God do all the work? Yes, he did. So, when, when, when God opens the book of my life and faith, should I be scared? Go ahead, Lord. You're the one who wrote it. You're the one who gave me the faith. You're the one who justified me. You're the one who declared me your own. Um, so many, and this next verse, verse 2, we recite part of in our funeral services. Many who are sleeping in the dusty ground will awake, some to everlasting life. And some to shame to everlasting contempt. Notice those two, the comparison, life versus shame. So um, the one part of everlasting life is simply life. But condemnation has two parts, shame and everlasting contempt. The shame, where do we feel shame? On the inside or on the outside? Shame, I feel inside, right? Contempt. Where does contempt come from, inside or outside? Outside. So, uh, the last verse of Isaiah, their worm will not die. Where does the worm torment you from? From the inside, in hell. Nor will their fire be quenched. Where does fire hurt me in hell? From the outside. So it's the same way of saying something very similar. The shame or the worm, and then the fire or the contempt. So it's, it's their, their punishment in hell is both inside and outside. And what do we have in heaven? Life, bliss, joy. Don't worry about it. Those who have insight will shine like the brightness of the sky. This insight, godly wisdom, another word for godly wisdom or insight is faith. Yeah, we have faith will shine like the brightness of the sky. Those who bring many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. Who are the ones who have faith? What do we call them? Christians. Christians believers, yeah. Who are the ones who bring others to faith? Or to righteousness? What do we call them? Sometimes pastors, but sometimes simply... Or... Parents, right? Bring your children to the font. Yeah, we, so there are a lot of people in heaven who will simply be believers. They will shine like the sky. But those who have brought somebody to faith, 
Witnesses, yeah, some pastors and parents, big brothers and sisters, bringing people to faith. They will shine like the stars forever also. Now you, Daniel, close up the words and seal the scroll until the time of the end. Many will continue running back and forth and knowledge will increase. Is running back and forth an act of confidence? No. Um, Knowledge will increase. Do you think this is a good thing? Yeah. Seal, close up the, you know, we could talk about, these uh, jars are are from the original Dead Sea Scrolls, the actual Dead Sea Scrolls. The jars are in a museum, of course. And uh, these are on a special display to show what the jars looked like. Um, You know how they were discovered? How the first jar was discovered? Yeah, a a goat got away from a Bedouin shepherd and went up into a cave. And he he didn't want to crawl up there, but he wanted to scare the goat out, so he threw a rock into the cave to make the goat come out. And instead of the goat coming out, he heard clink shatter and oh there's something up there and uh, this is 1947 there was one valuable commodity in the desert which was anything that wasn't sand so you heard clink shatter you went up to find out what it was that clinked and shattered and he found leather and so he brought back the leather hung it on a tent pole for two months um, and then finally took it to a guy. He was going into town one day and took it to a shoe salesman, a cobbler, to see if he would like to use the leather. You know what the leather was? It was the great Isaiah scroll. Um, and, I mean, he didn't know what it was. It was just a big wad of leather, you know, so sure. And, and uh, yeah. Um, it's interesting, though, uh, uh, there's an, uh, before Daniel, a couple generations, was the prophet Amos, way back in Isaiah's time, who said, and r- notice the r- running back and forth, knowledge will increase. Amos said, men will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Amos loves the word stagger. He says it a couple of times. Isaiah loves it, too. Um, so, uh, you know, people looking for, for looking for the word of the Lord, but not looking where? Looking everywhere except scripture. Where does God speak to me? Oh, he speaks to me when, what's the hymn? It isn't in our hymnal. And people want it for about every fourth funeral. He walks with me and he talks with me and yeah it's in the garden and uh, yeah uh, uh, makes us look for God's word everywhere except in the word of God in scripture Um, I had a professor it drove him crazy it was his mother's favorite hymn you know uh, you know Um, but uh, 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 no what what does Jesus say Jesus says if you hold to my teaching you will know the truth Where do we find the teaching of Jesus? In the Bible. It's not in the I Ching. It's not in the the, the Art of War by Sun Tzu. It's not in in the the, the Sutras or the Vedas. It's it's not in Homer's Odyssey. It's not hidden between the lines of, of, of even the almost holy Macbeth. You know, what, what, you know, where is it? 
Um, it's in the scriptures. It's in God's holy word. Everything else can burn up, but God's holy word endures forever. Now, I, Daniel, looked, and there were two others standing there, one on the near bank of the river and the other on the far bank of the river. What river was this back in chapter 10? What river is Daniel standing on? Do you remember? The Tigris. By the way, Tigris only mentioned twice in all of Scripture. Kind of cool. I have it in your footnote somewhere. Um, yeah, there it is. Genesis uh, 2 and way back in uh, Daniel 10 4. This, this is the Tigris uh, on, in this shot, I believe. It's way up north where the Tigris is small and just getting her start. Um, and uh, 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 it gets much more fierce down below. But there are people there standing. Uh, you could hear somebody talking to you from across the river there, right? And there are two guys dressed in white. Who are the two? Are the two angels. There are two angels. So now verse 6. And someone said to the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river. So a third guy. That's the angel that's been there the whole time. And I wanted you to focus with that angel on him just being an angel. But probably who is he now? Now that we've gone through three chapters, he probably isn't just an angel, is he? I know I kind of walked you through, like, consider that it isn't an angel, but I probably think he is Christ. Okay, so angel with a capital A. So they said to him, that's the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river. By the way, above the waters, could he be up on a high bank or a hill? Or could he be actually like hovering? So someone said to him, how long until the end of these amazing things? The end would be the end of the, of the, of the world, the end of everything. And then I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river. He raised his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever. Um, what do you do if somebody, what, what's happening if somebody raises their hand and swears? What are they doing? Taking an oath. Yeah. Have you ever been, any of you ever been in court and had to swear an oath? I have. have you have, Mark? Were you asked in your case to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, to help you God? Yeah, I wasn't either. Um, but I said it. Um, so I was called into court here in town because there, there was, I had witnessed something and they asked me to come in as a witness. But, and uh, the, probably the worst attorney in town was the one who called me in because he didn't ask me any questions before he got me on the stand. I thought, isn't a lawyer supposed to know your answers before he asks? And he didn't like any of my answers. And he was mad at me on the stand. I'm like, you didn't ask me before. Um, but anyway, that, that's not important. What's important, when I took the oath, the, the, the clerk or whoever it was said, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? And naturally I said, so help me God. And the guy looked at me like, you don't have to say that. And the judge winked at me and said, sit down. And the judge got it. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so, uh, so he doesn't just swear with his right hand, he swears with both hands. What kind of an oath is it when you swear with both hands? I don't know. It's, it never happens except here. It's like, uh, yeah. If Jesus swears, he's going to swear with everything, right? So that's what he does. And, and he swears by him who lives forever. I swear in the name of dad. 
Jesus says. You know, how long will it be? It will be for a time, times, and half a time. Ugh! You know, this again. Uh, however, I've, I've, on your sheet, I've given you an alternate explanation of time, times, and half a time. So, yes, time, times, and half a time equals three and a half. But also, time itself, simply the opposition to God and his people will begin and last a certain period of time. Times is when that gets cranked up. I was using the, not the blender, what's the big one you use for cake batter? What's it called? Mixer, thank you. I, I got it. Okay. Okay. Our mixer, first of all, our mixer doesn't have a cover. Should they have a cover? So there's that knob on the side, and on one it says like uh, a stir, and then it says like, on the other end it says like puree or something. And, and I, didn't, I, I, I didn't have my glasses on, so I just, I'm like, I don't know if it goes here or all the way. So I, I just cranked it, and I'm just suddenly covered in batter and whatever, and it's all over the walls. And, and I thought, okay, that was the wrong setting. Um, so that's what happens here. That's time, time. So it goes from being kind of bad to all of a sudden, bleh, it just goes everywhere, right? Um, but then, half a time. So it suddenly dies down. Like, okay, let's go back into my kitchen because right off of my kitchen is where the washer and dryer are. And you know when the washer's really going and it's like, you know, it's really spinning and then all of a sudden, it like, it goes, do, 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 do. Before the thing dings to tell you that the thing is, and my washing machine is kind of new and it makes the whole house shake. And you're, 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 you're if you're in the kitchen, you're kind of moving along because of the power of the washing machine. And then it's like, do, 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 ding. Right, and you're like, oh. And I've, I've, I've been programmed by the machine when the ding happens, oh, I have to go put the stuff in the dryer. I can't wait, you know. And so, but that's, that's what this half a time is. So all of a sudden, it's like the washing machine slows down. Doom, 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 doom. Because the persecution will suddenly end. You didn't expect it to. It'll be horrifying, and then it just dies all the way down to the very end. And then it isn't a ding at the end of the world. It's a much louder note. What is it? The trumpet sounds. Yeah. And, uh, and so the fury will, will be reduced and suddenly the end will come. When all opposition to God collapses, that's when even Antichrist will come collapsing down in the very end. Um, and then uh, the rejection of the holy people is finished. All of these things will be finished. Um, and Daniel, terrified about this, finally says... I myself heard, but I did not understand. I said, Lord, what will be the end result of these things? <laughs> and, and the Lord says, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> he says, go, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the end. So not, not for you to worry about. Many will be purified, made white and refined. All oh, those words again, right? You're sinful, but you will be purified. You'll be made white. You'll be refined. But the wicked will act wickedly, right? What was the Taylor Swift song? Haters got to hate, 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 right? Yep, okay. 
Um, None of the wicked will understand, but those who have insights will understand, those few with faith. Um, And now I ask a question. People get upset that God only gives us a little bit of information about the end. And, And people do, so, okay, let's pretend that God had three possibilities. What am I gonna tell them about the end? Okay, and I have this on your sheet, but I'm going to put it on the screen. Let's just, you tell me what the result would be among human beings. Possibility A. What if God told mankind every detail about the end of the world and exactly when it would happen? What would the result be among human beings? If I knew that the world was going to end on August 24th, 2046, what would I do today? Anything. Yeah. Would I care? In fact, what if I found out that the end of the world would happen on August 24th, 3046? I might become so wild with my wild living that I might forget to tell my children about Jesus. And two or three generations down the road, nobody might be telling their children about Jesus. Is this a good possibility? Not great. Possibility B, God tells man nothing at all about even that there will be an end of the world, leaving the impression that the world will never come to an end. What would the result there be? It would kind of be the same. People wouldn't care. Yeah, we would become Epicureans or Sadducees. It don't matter what we do now because there ain't no end coming. What about possibility C? God tells man that the world will end one day and that he'll judge us, but he doesn't tell us exactly when it will be, but he comforts us with signs and things to watch for. What would the result be? Be alert, be watch and pray, right? In fact, what is this? This is exactly what God did. Yeah, he told us there's going to be an end. I'm going to judge everything. Be careful, there are going to be some signs. So of the three possibilities... This is the only possibility, and it's exactly what God has done. So if you meet somebody who's mad because they don't know more about the end of the world, walk them through this. You know, what would happen if we had too much information or none? What's better? Exactly what God has given is what's best. Okay, verse 11. From the time when the regular daily offering is removed... And an abominable thing that causes desolation is set up. Either in Daniel's, see that thing with Antiochus was in Daniel's distant future, but also the Romans destroyed the temple. So one of those two. Um, There will be 1,290 days. By the way, that's exactly three years and six months. Uh, That takes you out to... I did the math. Uh, From January 1st on the first year, it would get you, I'm sorry, to July 15th on year four. Three months and 15 days. That's three, three and a half years. Just a little bit more. Blessed is the one who waits and reaches 1,335 days, which is 45 days later. That gets you out to August 30th of that fourth year. Now, I don't think that these are I, don't, I, I know the end of the world won't happen on, on, on August 30th, 
because I pretended that the counting began on January 1st. And so we, we have no idea when the end will come. And our, these aren't also literal numbers. They're spiritual numbers of some kind. So the end will take this long, but a little bit before the end, right when things are getting bad, like when the washing machine is really spinning around and the whole house is shaking and things are getting terrible for Christians, then all of a sudden, do, 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 it slows down and ding, the end comes. Um, blessed is the one who waits and reaches all the way to the 1,335 days. Spiritual numbers that tell you it'll take this long and then just a little bit longer. Could that little bit be a whole year? Sure. Could it be 12 years? Sure. Could it be 12 minutes? Sure. You know, so some, some time period. But you, Daniel, this is the last verse. Can you imagine God giving you all kinds of stuff and then ending with this? By the way, you go on your way to the end. You will rest and rise to your assigned inheritance at the end of the days. What did God just tell Daniel? It's what I say when I give the benediction. Your sins are forgiven. You are at peace with God. Yeah, yeah. I want to close with something from Luther. Uh, this is pure gospel for Daniel here, but with regard to the end of the world coming and what, how bad will it be for the church and so forth, Luther said, you know, it could very well happen that the world may become so preoccupied with enjoying life that in the entire world, not a single pulpit would be left from which the gospel is preached publicly. Under such conditions, the gospel would be preserved in the home only through God-fearing parents. We still have a church, right? As long as two or more come together in my name. But so Luther is saying it could get really bad that there aren't any physical churches that are still operating. What happened in the, when, the, when the Iron Curtain came down in the old Soviet Union? Who came out of the woodwork all over old Soviet Russia? Russian Orthodox Christians were no longer illegal and there were millions of them. The church didn't disappear even though it was suppressed. So does the church continue? Yeah, the church continues. Yeah. How bad will it get? I don't know. Might be pretty bad. But will we endure to the end? Jesus says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, that's the gospel for us. Next week we will meet again and I plan to begin a study of the first of the minor prophets, the prophet Hosea. The minor prophets begin and end with divorce. So Hosea and Malachi, we'll talk about that and some other things. God bless you. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Orleans, Minnesota.